and I had met and uh, got married. Boy, uh, we served in this little church, and God called us to serve in Long Island, New York, and uh, missions. Uh, had a mobile home. We didn't know how we were going to sell. They told me, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You got to go. You said you're going. I got this mobile home to sell. It's, the mobile homes aren't selling. We stepped out in faith and went. Hey, God answered. That's what happened. And I remember Randall Cheek, who took care of just stuff I couldn't take care of. We were long distance away, and and he just took care of me and just loved me. He was my deacon. He was my deacon. And I, I remember the um, difficulty we had in the last church that we were in, and we were hurt, and my mom was so sick and had been the last couple of years. She died about a year ago. And this dear brother of mine, Jim Brady, dear deacon, dear man, had a little plane. We lived outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and I remember Jim called me one day and said, I've been worried about your mom. He said, um, just tell me one day next week you can get away. He said, I want to take you in my plane and fly you over to your mom so you can spend the day with your mom. Cut a four-hour trip to each way to 30 minutes each way. Hopped in his little plane, flew over there, saw my mom for that. That's a deacon. Men that are full of the Spirit. Men who are full of wisdom. I could go on here. There are deacons here. And I don't want to pinpoint everybody. One person's been on my heart lately. I know he hasn't been able to be here, but it's a great deacon. Dwayne Orfield. I've been thinking about Dwayne. I know there's some family sickness, and Dwayne's had to serve in other ways. But I know listening to the body here... These people, you guys love Dwayne Orfield. I have listened to y'all talk about Dwayne loving people, reaching out to people, caring for people. Uh, he's a servant. We can go on. Y'all can tell stories. My whole idea is, listen, being one who's full of the Spirit and full of wisdom is not something mystical. It's real people, guys. Travis is called today. and Before you, he comes up and then I believe in his heart he wants to be that kind of person. He wants to be a man full of the Spirit and wisdom. Somebody who can connect with you and be there for you. To support God's work and to love you. That's a deacon. So I just wanted to share some hearts real briefly. Ministry uh, later on. I'm grateful. Asked uh, Brother Ron to come and, and to, to give a charge and to share. But we, we want to continue on the service as, as we minister. So let's all stand. Take out your Baptist hymnal and turn over to 482. This will be our offertory. We'll sing. Uh, we'll sing all three verses. All to thee. I have heard the voice of Jesus calling. Clearly, follow me. No one else could ever promise life eternal and so free. All to Thee I give my all to Thee. All to Thee, Thine only will I be. All to Thee, O Christ of Calvary, my prayer shall ever be. My all to Thee. Though unworthy of salvation, 
Jesus sought men for his own. On the cross he died to save me. Now I long to make him known. All to thee I give my all to thee. All to thee thine only will I be. All to thee, O Christ of Calvary, my prayer shall ever be, my all to thee. On the last, only Jesus is the answer for the happiest we seek. He alone can live life's burden and give strength to Thee, I give my all to Thee, all to Thee, Thine only will I be, all to Thee, O Christ of Calvary, my prayer shall ever be, my all to Thee. Let us go to the Lord in prayer.
ask y'all to pray for us tonight. Uh, Me. <laughs> Jim's uh, real nervous about this. He's never sung in public before. Never. <laughs> so, uh, but we, we've got an old uh, uh, hymn that we'd like to sing at Calvary. And uh, so I'm sure y'all all know it. So if you'd like to sing along with us, it sure would have failed. <laughs> it don't matter how good or bad or whatever it is I sing. I'm doing it for my Savior. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Pastor Todd. Uh, thank you, Jim and Judy. Uh, that's one of my favorites. And of course, my mind goes back to a, a dear lady, my first pastor, who loved that song. And time I sing it or hear a song, I think of Pauline Bell, who's been with the Lord quite a while now. And if, if, we, if our church 
I never passed her. She ever had one, but whoever was going to have one, Dickens, she probably wouldn't have been one. She was that kind of lady. She was a servant, you know. But anyway, uh, I really appreciated her and, and her ministry. Uh, Pastor, would it be okay if I asked Travis and Lord if they'd come up a little closer here? Uh, and uh, I understand they have two children that can. I want to come sit with them. Uh, Caitlin and Walker. I've done a few deacon ordinations. In fact, did one last Sunday morning. And and when I'm charged, I, I want you right here where I can talk to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm the old school. I, I sometimes even when I go to church, I still want to go and sit with the preachers. You know, some, I started ministering long ago when they used to have the preachers come and sit with the preachers. So I still got a lot of old tradition in me. But but I like I like it still, and I guess I like it to the day I go on to heaven, and things will change. I'm sure, <laughs> but they do. But I commend you uh, for allowing this church to call you into the diaconate. And he calls you as a family, by the way. Uh, we, and this one thing I always include, the charge is more specifically to Travis, but it's also to his wife and, and the children. Because your lives change when you become servant in the church. Everything changes. Your home life changes. Uh, you have more responsibility. So I, that's why I want you to understand the gravity of this position that you have accepted and this church has placed their faith and their confidence in you as a couple and as servants uh, I did a four hour deacon training yesterday at East End Baptist we just barely skimmed the surface believe me but I was doing some history on it and in the third century the deacon's wives were ordained and sometimes called deaconesses now we don't do that much anymore but they were in the third century, so the pastor's wife—I mean, the pastor, the deacon's wife—was just as important in the role in the church as the deacon. They served together. That's why the scripture here in Third Tim, uh, First Timothy chapter three, it says, "Likewise, must the deacons be grave or serious-minded, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre or after money, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience." And let these also first be proven. And I'm sure the church has watched you, watched you grow up here, and, and, and you've been proven in their mind and because they elected you. Uh, then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Great, great thing today that we, we can find somebody or find someone who's considered to be blameless. Great honor. We live in a world when there's so much that, Going on, it's hard to find people that way anymore, so be honored with that. Then it said, even so must their wives be grave. So the scriptures address the wives. Now, I know some of your translations say the women, but it seems obvious with the historical context that this would probably be the deacon's wife. And there are some who would disagree with that, but I think it's the deacon's wife, personally. Not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. That the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their own children and their own houses well. See, that's why it's important for the children to come up too, because you have a responsibility not only to govern your own house, but also govern your children as well. And children, your daddy's got a big responsibility, and you reflect who he and your mother are, so you've got to remember that. Uh, and we all reflect who Christ is. You know, in Ephesians 5 and 6, when Jesus talked about, you know, submission, he also talked about loving. 
When he's told the wives to submit to the husbands, he told the husbands to love your wives even as Christ loved the church and died for it. Now, when that came out in 1999 as an amendment to the Baptist Faith and Message, there was a lot of debate and discussion about that. So I took one whole prayer meeting one which night, and we just broke that down, and we played with it a while and talked. And we came to, find, to discover in our fellowship that they're one and the same. Because you can't submit to anyone if you don't love them. And, you know, if you love somebody, you want to submit to them. Because love always considers the other per- first. So I didn't see what the problem was you know, uh, with, the, with all the world when he got upset over that. But anyway. Uh, for they that have used office of deacon well purchased themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Travis, I, I, I really... I want to just charge you tonight. I know these people have put a lot of confidence in you and a lot of trust in you. But the deacon ministry is difficult at its very best. Any ministry today is difficult at its best. Uh, we are charged and we are challenged uh, to the very inch of our own lives sometimes just to try to live in the light of the gospel and the light of who Jesus is. And it's always a challenge because the devil still is as roaring lions whom he may devour. One, one of the young ladies who went with us to Gulfport last year uh, is a member of the Eastern Church while I entered this spring and summer. And we were up there back a few months ago before Christmas, and, and during the invitation, she gave her heart and her life to full-time missions calling. Well, the Sunday I preached here a few weeks ago, on the way home, I got over here back on King Mill Pike, you know, and I cut around and went back to the country, and my cell phone rang, and it, it, it was Megan. Oh, she was just boo-hooing, just tore up, and I knew what was happening already before she even told me, you know. And I hadn't had an opportunity to really sit down and talk with her a whole lot. But you see, when you answer God's call, the devil doesn't like it. He just doesn't like it. And he had already jumped on that young lady's back, so to speak, telling her that she was no value, that she probably never got saved in the first place when she got saved when she was a young lady, uh, 11 years old. And I just sat there and pulled the car over. I said, now, Megan, tell me about what, what happened when you was 11 years old. And she told me her salvation story. And I just confirmed everything. I'd already kind of figured out. So I sat there and talked with her for a while. And then, then while I was in Guthport, Carolyn got opportunity to sit down and talk with her. But I say all that just to tell you that once you leave this church tonight, you, you've got an enemy. That's an adversary. That's going to do everything he can to destroy who you are and destroy your testimony. So I charge you to be aware of that. Uh, you'll, you'll find that you'll be surprised how he'll try to get into your home life. He'll try to get into your work. He'll just try to get everything. In. He'll get you so discouraged and he'll make it, boy, he'll tell you, that was kind of stupid becoming a deacon in that church. I mean, he'll, he'll tell you those things. Just recognize that that's him telling you because God doesn't tell you those things. God's, God's joy is in the fact that you want to serve him. So I know I need to hurry. I told me I had ten minutes. I probably done took eight. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go run through this real quick. I charge you to concentrate on responsibility of your calling and election. And that's what I've been talking about. Your responsibility to those who elected you to this church. You are, are becoming their servant. This is an office where the church elects. God calls pastors. The church allows us to come as pastors. But the church elects the deacon. 
Now, I, I believe with that election, you should sense a call of God and the willingness to serve God, but the church is actually who elects you, so you have a responsibility to, to them. You should be proven, which I'm sure that you are, and you should be blameless. That's what we read in the scripture. Also, you have a responsibility to the one who called you and empowers you. Paul talked here about holding the mystery in a pure conscience. I wish I had time to go, go into that because y'all hear that too. You know, it's pretty important. But anyway, and also you have the responsibility just to the office that you hold. You have to live up to those men that Pastor Todd talked about a few moments ago. Someday some young preacher may be standing in the pulpit and talk about, well, this Deacon Travis, you know, Sauls, back when I was growing up at Kingsway Church, made such an impact on my life. He's been in heaven about 20 years now, but... Now, we're talking down the road a little bit, but you never know. Dr. Gene Eller tells a story about one deacon, and he may have shared it here. I don't know. The guys who are with us in Guthport know, know the story, how one deacon cha- changed the world and changed the life. This one deacon shared a gospel with a young boy named D.L. Moody, who shared a gospel with a ball-playing, cussing, spitting ball player named Billy Sunday who in one of his revivals got to lead a man by the name of Mordecai Ham to the Lord, who in turn got to lead a man named William Franklin, Franklin Graham to the Lord, and you know the rest of the story, or most of it. It's not over yet. It won't be over till we all gathered around his throne. But one deacon made that difference in this world. You could be another deacon. You may be the one that won the next great Billy Graham to the Lord. You have that responsibility. Also, I charge you to concern yourself with integrity and ethics. I don't have time to read all the scripture, but over in, in the sixth chapter, verse seven through fourteen, Paul's writing to young Timothy, who was actually a preacher, but the principles apply to all of them. He's told to, to, that uh, he need to remember his position as a man of God, which you are, because you take on that role as a man of God. You need to also remember your conduct. Flee desire for wealth and worldly lust and Paul Timothy to flee youthful lust. You know, we're we're so tempted today. There's so many things thrown at us and, and we're always being bombarded with things that can draw our attention away from who we are and whose we are and what we're about. Uh, and remembering conduct, you also should follow after the godly pattern. That's what he says over in verse 11 of chapter 6 of the same book. You know, follow that godly pattern. Fight the good fight of faith like Stephen. Stephen was one of those seven that Todd mentioned earlier in that passage of Scripture. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing deacon training and stuff. And one of the prospective deacons I trained yesterday, I said, what is deacon not? He's a preacher. I said, whoa, let's back up here. Let's stop just a minute. I said, we'll come back to that later. Sure, later on the training, I'll come back to him. I said, and I called him by now. She said, a deacon is not a preacher, but you're wrong. Stephen was a preacher of the gospel. I was going to come, probably come to it in just a minute again, but another great deacon of those seven I was mentioned is Philip. If you go over to Acts chapter 8, you'll find that Philip had a great preaching ministry in Samaria. And there were so many people coming to know the Lord, there was great joy in the city. And he was such a man of God, filled with the Spirit, Todd alluded to that a while ago, that the Holy Spirit told him, said, I want you to leave here. And go down into the desert, and there you'll find one man driving along in a chariot. And he went and shared the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch and baptized him. So the deacon is a preacher. 
I personally believe, I told you before I started my old school, I personally believe that any deacon should be able to stand in this pulpit in this pastor's absence without any reservation whatsoever. I personally believe that if you have reservations, you, sh- you shouldn't be a deacon. I'll be honest with you. That's my personal feeling. I believe, of course, every believer should be able to stand here and share the gospel. It should be so much inside of you, as I saw in Jim a while ago, <laughs> Calvary should mean something to you, that you're willing to talk and share with somebody about to share the gospel. You may not may have not any courses in homiletics, but you, you've got the word, and you can commentary on the word easily. So I encourage you to be like Stephen and like Philip. Fashion yourself to eternal life. Let it be a priority. Let your Christian walk, your Christian life, be the focus of who you are and all that you do in life. And I, I, I challenge you to do that. Also be faithful to profession, your profession of faith. Remember to rule your own home well. People are watching. We're living in a day when it seems that parents have lost that uh, respect and when, when, when Paul was talking to Timothy about, and the deacons about ruling home, I don't think Paul was saying that you gotta be a tyrant and that you have to have a whip and a chair type thing. He just, a man who rules his house well has the respect of his children and his wife and that submission and that respect is there. And you don't have to say a lot. It, that they'll just know what's supposed to, what's expected of them, what's supposed to be done. Uh, They'll know to behave. They'll know to clean the rooms of whatever they do or now at their age. As they grow older, they'll just know. My, my daughter is 32. My son is 37. And they still listen to their, to their dad. You know, I don't know where they do it, but they listen. You know. <laughs> but they do show respect. And I, and I think they take any advice I give very seriously. Uh, and hope that you'll have that same uh, with your children. Remember that your wife has requirements as well. Uh, many deacons' ministry has been ruined because their wives didn't support them in it. Just as it with many pastors. Uh, the, the, the deacon's wife is supposed to be great. That means serious-minded. And she's not to be a slander or a gossip. You know? I, I know I don't know how it is at Kingsway, but I've known some churches... That when deacons had a meeting, and really, in essence, most of what deacons meet about is nothing secret. But sometimes there's an issue uh, 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 with, that they have to deal with a spiritual matter that just doesn't need to be told out. And I've heard so many stories that before hardly the deacons got home, had been home a few minutes, the whole community knew what had gone on. My sister, that ought not be, you know. A deacon is one who has to be able to keep confidence, just like your pastor is expected to keep confidence. Uh, I, I shared that in, in training yesterday, and uh, one, of the, one of the young men or men there mentioned that that's important. That's exactly. If you're going to serve, you're gonna, if you're going to have to trust of God's people, then you're going to have to be able to keep confidence. And confidentiality is an important thing in ministry. Uh, people hurt. And, and sometimes they just need a sounding board. And you'll be their sounding board. Also, uh, remember your rewards. Serve off as well. God will bless you for it. And not only. Peter asked Jesus one time, said, Lord, what about us? All those of us who have left everything to follow you. Jesus said, I'll reward you hundredfold. Not only in the life to come, but in this life as well. Folks, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy who we are. He promised us blessings here. You know, and we can enjoy who we are here. Uh, 
I challenge you to consider the scope of your ministry. Uh, confirm your election by your performance. You know, confirm it by your purpose. Oh, prove these people that they, they did right by letting you as their, one of their deacons. I challenge you to do that. I challenge you that you continue in, in the things of the scripture that I've shared with you today. And I challenge you to be constantly stable. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be double-tongued. Don't be two-faced. Be the same in every situation, regardless, and all the time. Uh, and God bless you for that. And people will respect you for it. That I mentioned earlier about Stephen, you'll be a carrier of the gospel. How can we, any of us, have what we have and not share it with other people? It doesn't take a a, a, a great. You don't have to have it. Well, I, I, most, I think LES, CWT. Now you got faith. You got evangelism, explosion, all these training programs. But simply, just know how to share what happened in your life. That's all. That's that's what really. That's more effective anyway. To share what happened in your life when you met Jesus. And so I challenge you to do that. And if you do those things, then God's, God's going to bless you. And you're going to serve well as a deacon. And this church, someday, you'll be what talks about Brother Dwayne, they're going to say about you. Just remember who you are and who you are. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I want to thank you for Travis, for his precious wife, and for these two wonderful children. God, you call them. You've called this young man, and this church has called and elected he and his wife to serve here. I pray, Father, now, even now, Lord, your blessings, your spiritual power upon their lives. And I also pray, Father, for your protection. Just as you had a, a hedge about the servant Job, I, I pray that you put just like a force field of the Holy Spirit around this family. And God, that you would protect them from any evil, any harm, any danger. Lord, even any ill health. God, that you bless their home, their ministry, everything about them. May all that they do as they serve you prosper. You know, Joshua knew that if he kept the word of God in his heart, that he could prosper. And I pray that you help this young man keep your word, hide it in his heart. May you know the word, may you be able to share the word, and may you just bless this fellowship because of this young man and his wife and these children. And Father, I thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. Okay, we have a responsive rating, and uh, if everybody have enough to go around, kind of look around and look on with this. And I'm going to ask Travis and Lori and the kids to come up at this time as we share this responsive reading together. We want to, guys, as Ron said, and I totally agree. Um, Although we are calling Travis, you know, when you're part of family, you're together. Uh, I don't know if I can survive without my wife. I've gotten pretty spoiled. They're such a blessing. Let's, uh, I'm going to ask you, let's stand in God's honor as we share together this responsive reading unto you guys. In the presence of God, we solemnly recognize the importance of the office of deacon. Based upon God's word, the deacon is not a governor, but a servant. The deacon is to assist in responding to needs, to help in the bearing of burdens, to minister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We charge our deacons with the responsibility of assisting our pastors in shepherding the flock. 
You have been entrusted with a sacred task, Travis. Do you now accept the challenge of caring for God's people in the community of believers? In placing the mantle of responsibility upon these servants, you must commit to supporting them in their ministry, congregation. Do you accept the challenge? We accept the challenge. Recognizing that we are one body in Christ and having promised mutual support before holy God, let us serve one another. This time we won't have an opportunity to biblically do what God has called, and that is called laying on of hands. It's an opportunity for ordained deacons and others who are ordained to come and to pray over our brother Travis as a means of saying we love you, we support you in this ministry, and we want you to know that we are praying for you. So I want to ask at this time, Travis, if you would get on your knees so that guys make a line and we can come up and to pray over Travis. Be seeding out a war yelp. Some of you already a war out. Travis. Um, in a moment I, I'm gonna ask Ken to come up here and to pray and I'm so if he wants to, to to say a word. What a blessing for him to his family to be here with the ordination of his son and um, it's obvious they're close and love each other and love the Lord. What a blessing that is. Um, directly after Ken Praise. I'm going to ask those who are, are judging. Been asked to judge to go back and judge that chili. We're going to sing a few request songs together while they judge it and tell us who won a chili. And we're going to go out and try not to commit sin called gluttony uh, and sharing together some chili. But this time, I'm going to ask Ken to come up. dwelt on what to say this afternoon and then I just quit dwelling on it. Uh, We talked in Sunday school this morning about uh, pruning and uh, I gave a message here one time and used a piece of sandpaper as an example about God polishing you. And uh, he has polished me through this experience with Travis and uh, he continues to polish me and uh, it's a blessing as we uh, talked about Sunday school and I shared with the guys this morning and uh, just for a minute if I might do this is all the guys in our Sunday school would you stand for just a minute thank you we polish each other in there. We're uh, we're pieces of each other. If you've been a member of this church very long at all, or just an hour, you are part of each other. 
you might not want to admit some of you are part of me, <laughs> but you are. Uh, and he's always polishing on us, and through all life's experiences, we're a part of each other. And he binds us together as strands of a rope are bound together who strengthen each other. And there comes times in our lives when uh, there are real special times and they're straight from up above, as Jim said. And this is one of those times. And I thank you for being here tonight to share it with us. I thank you for the opportunity. I have been challenged also. I thank you, each of us of Deacons here have been refreshingly challenged tonight. And uh, we just... uh, I love the fellowship here at Kingsway. I think it's our church, and and God's given us this place to serve. And we're only here on earth for a little short time frame of life. It's very short. Dorothy Power says, I have a story for every occasion, but I'm not going to share all this tonight. (laughs) But uh, I would like to mention some names. And... uh, Elwood Short, Ernie Sauls, Larry Mullen. Those are people that were examples to Travis. And uh, I used to look at some of those men who I served with as deacons, and I'd say, uh, If you want to know how to be a Christian, just look at that man. And Travis got to watch some of those along the way. And uh, and I thank God for those experiences too. Don't ever forget to call out names of people who are important to you, even though they've gone on. It's uh, like Todd's talking about his fellow deacon. And uh, we thank you. If you'll stand with me, we'll pray. Lord, you call us to be encouragers. You call Barnabas. You call Ken. You've called Travis now. And you've called every person in here to be encouragers. Tomorrow's opportunities, Father, will be an aroma of our heart as we go forth. How we serve you, how we commit to serve you will be in the room of our heart with you I pray Lord that we might find a mission for each of us whether it's visiting writing cards, making telephone calls taking some food somewhere being the kind hello in someone's day tomorrow whatever mission you have may we find it may you Guide us to it. May we encourage others through Christ in us. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our Savior who died on the cross. We ask you, Lord, to bless our time together. May you be pleased with our fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to I give to you... Uh...
certificate to of ordination. Oh, we love all of you. I didn't do. I saw Craig. I said, "Boy, I missed out. I can go by and hug everybody else here." So.